0: Even at our best, selflessness can admittedly be difficult, especially when it means that the cost of our own self-sacrifice might be a price that might be too great to pay. But to what lengths do you think we'll go to save the humanity of those that we care about? In today's episode, I review a film that challenges the lengths one would go to save another's soul. I'm your host, Christian Chenang, and that's my cue.
1: Wow. another episode on the fifth blood moon with a second stone (coughs) shell.
0: What is happening? Are you okay? Do you need some water?
1: No, just just give me a
0: second. Okay. (laughs) Wow, Jesus Christ. Don't say that name. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just, you know, uh, I have a show to do. So, I mean, if you're gonna do this can you just at least stand in the corner can i
1: do so forebodingly and stare at you
0: with a gaze that depends are is are you gonna be weird about it
1: no i won't be weird okay. about it i'll just stare at you menacingly No,
0: yeah that's still weird okay where's my bible uh okay Okay, I'm going. Great. All right. Okay, all thank right, you. All right. Okay, bye. Okay, anyways, welcome back to an... Uh, okay, sorry. Okay, before I was rudely interrupted, welcome back to another week of That's My cue, y'all. I'm your host, Christian Ng. If you didn't catch that from the top, and I'm currently in a hotel room, and as I do this bit, I feel like I'm definitely going to be scaring myself, which I feel like I do so pretty easily on my own. Just ask anyone and I feel like they'll be able to tell you all the weird, crazy nightmares I dream up of because my mind, my beautiful mind is full of crazy imaginative things. But in any case, speaking of, you know, horror, we're going to be talking about one of the uh, one of my most, believe it or not, anticipated movies of this year. I've been so excited for this movie because I've been a fan of the first two in the series. Um and I feel like over time my admiration for horror movies has, you know, grown even though I'm a little whimp. But with that being said, I feel like the best horror movies for me offer, you know, a lot. For for me in terms of like a character study, it's a it's a great deep emotional examination of these characters that you wouldn't get in any other genre i don't know it's pretty cool um and i think that horror as a genre serves as a metaphor for a broader theme of you know I hate to be cliche about it life but yeah i feel like horror movies in general tend to wear their uh, theme on its sleeve if you really look down uh, beneath the surface of what it's trying to do but before we talk about that and dive right into a review let's Actually, uh, check out and talk about some stuff that I'm currently into right now. Um, After a few weeks of playing the game, I finished Bravely Default 2, y'all. And I'm currently starting Dragon Quest XI for the Switch. Love my JRPGs. Love those little dudes. Love how long those games are. And I'm looking forward to crunching another 60 hours in hotel rooms. Man, I really miss my bed. But... Uh, I I've been a big fan of Dragon Quest. i look I've been looking forward to find some time to actually play Eleven. Uh, growing up during the PlayStation One era, I was a real uh, huge fan of at the time when it was called uh, Dragon Warrior Seven um, in the U.S. Um, and I played a little bit of Dragon Quest A when it came out for the PS2, but uh, They also just recently announced Dragon Quest 3 Remake for the Switch. It's kind of in the same vein as Octopath Traveler You should look up the trailer. It's pretty cool how they kind of blend um, Like this old-school vibe with a lot of new-school um, flavor to it Let's see second on my list. Oh new season of The Bachelorette is starting up. I'm excited We have a new Bachelorette, Katie Thurston. For Those that you don't know Big fan of uh, the Bachelor franchise and uh, their family products. Bachelor Nation stand up. I promise this won't be like a Bachelor, Bachelorette, you know, recap podcast. But maybe it might be. Who knows? I'm excited for Katie Thurston. She has a spunky personality. Uh, She's uh, very sex positive. She's cool, funny. um, And I think she's going to keep the boy drama in line. I love this show. Uh, Mainly The Bachelorette specifically because of all the stupid boys that are on there i love seeing you know like a bunch of like dumb jocks just trying to outbro each other and you know uh just saw the trailer a lot a of, lot of boy tears a lot of you know a lot of crying a lot of dribbling and you know it's gonna be a lot of fun um next on my list little shop of horrors just watched that last week for the first time super fun uh, my friends and I, we do like a kind of like an old movie, uh, movie night watch group kind of thing. And uh, yeah, most of our group, um, it, it's kind of a mix of different personalities. Most of our group enjoys uh, horror movies, but also a good majority of the group also enjoys taking care of houseplants. If you don't know what Little Shop of Horrors is, basically a good blend of the two, plus a little bit of a musical comedy. Um, and yeah, I think it's a good culmination of those interests. So it's really good. I can see why it's kind of a cult classic from the 80s. Uh, if you don't know who also made the music, it's Alan Menken, y'all. Alan Menken of Disney fame. He made Hercules, uh, or at least Hercules' music, same with Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. And if you watched the movie, you can really see the DNA of his work. So I don't know. It's a really, really funny movie. It's a good time. And that looks like that's the end of my currently list, so I'll keep you up to date as to how that goes, but let's dive right into the review. Today we're going to be talking about The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. This is the third movie in the main uh, Conjuring uh, series, but in, as a franchise as a whole, it's the eighth movie. They're all interconnected to all the spin-off movies, such as the Annabelle series of films, or even The Nun, The Curse of La Llorona. Uh, and I think they have a bunch of other movies still in the pipeline. Who's to say? But uh, this movie, uh, The Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It, was released on June 4th, 2021. It was directed by Michael Chavez, who is the director... Uh, of the Curse of La Llorona, uh, an entry in the franchise, and this movie stars uh, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson in the roles of uh, Lorraine and Ed Warren, respectively. Uh, for those that are maybe unfamiliar with what this franchise is, this is a horror series uh, built around the true major cases of uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are both uh, paranormal investigators. And oftentimes, these movies, such as the fran- uh, the I want to say mainly the Conjuring movies. They're often marketed on its a uh, based on a true story premise, if you will. And so with this film uh, in in the series, The Devil Made Me Do It uh, is essentially a film that details a true murder trial in which uh, the legal defense uses the pretense of a demonic possession as the sole cause of the murder that had occurred. And there's a lot of changes that happens in this movie. First and foremost, uh, James Wan, the director of the first two films, uh, has uh, stepped aside as, uh, from the director's seat and is more uh, in the producing capacity of the film. And unlike the previous uh, two films as well, it shifts from a haunted house setting to kind of more of a kind of like a investigative uh, mystery detective type of story. And If you don't know who James Wan is, he's the director of the first two Insidious films, uh, Saw 1, and essentially a lot of other horror movies as well. And you definitely see his name uh, as an executive producer and producer of these other movies that spun off uh, from uh, his initial films. So basically what I'm saying is that if you see any Saw movie, you'll most likely see his name in the producing credits. So. Uh, he stepped down from this movie to kind of work on um, uh, Aquaman 2. Not kind of. He is actually the director of Aquaman 2. And so uh, because as such, the movie feels a lot different in tone. It definitely shifts uh, uh, itself away from um, its predecessors. Like I said, we abandoned the haunted house setting of the first two films. And we are taking more of a uh, paranormal investigation that we haven't really seen uh, so much in, in in the sense that uh, we're more focusing on gathering evidence as if we're kind of building a, a crime case. I'm talking about we as if we're actually we, the viewer, are participating in it. But that's not really the case. Um, it takes a while to get used to compared, um, you know, to the previous movies, if you're a big fan of those, um, because those previous movies always seem to have. Fixated itself on a core location, which is of course the haunted house, uh, and because we we do that in in those two movies, we end up focusing on the characters that inhabit that space. We develop those uh, characters, such as the family that is affected by the you know demonic spirits, as well as focusing on Ed and Lorraine's uh, relationship and kind of fleshing that out. This movie kind of does uh, something similar. Aside from Ed and Lorraine, I feel that the characters that are affected by the haunting in this film are pretty compelling to care about, but not much is given in way of like actually understanding and and fully empathizing with the circumstances in which uh, Arnie Johnson, the um, uh, essentially the the uh, individual that gets possessed, uh, we we don't really fully uh, thrust ourselves into. Um, I guess empathizing or sympathizing with uh, his predicament that he found himself in. However, I still think that uh, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are always excellent in any of these films. So if you've seen any of the conjuring films, if you've seen them, you know, appear uh, in cameos in the other spinoff movies, I always feel like their chemistry feels um, completely palpable and genuinely moving. Uh, And I feel like they always lend themselves to, um, acting as like the emotional anchor for the audience and which is kind of like rare to see in the horror genre I feel like the best horror movies are the ones that you actually invest yourself into the characters and I think you know uh Wilson for me could definitely do a good job in doing so Uh, However, I feel like The Conjuring 3 rarely does much to give more depth or tension to their dynamic aside on a character level. There's conflict between them, but it's more of an external force interfering between them rather than an internal conflict. Um, Not saying that, you know, we need like some sort of like rocky, um, you know, shake up to their marriage, but uh, essentially something that really conflicts them on in like an ideological sense. But Um, who, we didn't really get that so much with the first two movies, so I do not really expect, uh, this to change so much in The Devil Made Me Do It. Um, going further into the real murder case itself, I feel like the real-life murder case would have just been a, a much better focused setting for the movie. Instead, we kind of, like, take ourselves away from the courtroom and start, you know, um... Uh, following the trail as to how uh, this possession even began. And uh, while that, you know, is an interesting concept on its own, I feel like with a lack of a focus setting, um, I I feel like we um, are given too much information to really provide uh, credibility to Arnie Johnson's uh, innocence. Rather, I think, you know, it would have been better to I don't know, in my opinion, to have something that casted more doubt as to whether or not he was actually possessed at the time of the murder. But, um, I feel like uh, early setup in act one kind of sets itself in that way where, you know, you see the events leading up to the murder and we cut to the aftermath of, you know, uh, Arnie covered in blood. Um, but, you know, uh, the movie never really lets the audience like doubt for a minute that, you know, uh, that arnie might be guilty after all uh so i think the direction itself that that, that uh is one of the biggest changes that you'll notice in these movies i feel like the absence of james wan uh, is um Definitely strongly felt in this movie. It's kind of evident in the pacing and play and uh, placements of predictable jump scares. I feel like their approach and sensibilities into how they approach the uh, the horror genre is completely different. I feel like James Wan's style is so distinct in the way where he plays with the expectations of the audience. Yeah, I think with um, the horror genre in general, I feel like that is something that uh, the You know, like even the most inexperienced viewer would kind of predict like, oh, if I, you know, I'm looking in the mirror, I'm going to see a ghost behind me. But I feel like James Wan would subvert that by having the ghost appear maybe to the side of them or in a way that, you know, um, we are toying with the expectations of the viewer and instead giving them something that they didn't um, see coming. And that's not to say that Michael Chavez didn't. deliver on some pretty genuinely good scares, but I feel like a lot of them are uh, so easy to see from a mile away that when they do happen, uh, they're not scary at all. And even sometimes the ones that you didn't expect, they're also just pretty run-of-the-mill. But uh, it's that lack of subtlety for me that feels like uh, is kind of the biggest weak point of this movie. Not a lot happens where... Um, I f- like you know. There's not that sense of um, looming dread or horror over my head uh, as a viewer. Uh, with the first few Conjuring films, for example, it always felt like even if nothing scary was happening, you always felt like something was watching um, the family or even Ed and Lorraine, and sometimes even the viewer too. It, it, like it, that that sort of tension ramps up. And uh, I feel like in the first two films, it definitely um, built so uh, so much so in a way that by the time we reach the the climax of the movie, it, you know, it really just pulls out all the stops and, you know, um, plays all of its cards smartly at that point. However, I think the movie does a good job with its cinematography. And that opening sequence was pretty engaging to kind of set the tone of uh, where the movie was heading. And I also thought that the movie had really strong visual concepts. But even when they were executed, there wasn't a lot of horror that actually felt um, attached to the sequences when they uh, occurred. Uh, in terms of writing, the, these movies always tend to have a really good dialogue. I think this time around... Uh, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, had slightly more wit and occasional moments of humor. Some of it felt a little too ham-fisted and cheesy, but uh, there's a lot of good earnestness that happens, especially, like I said, with Ed and Lorraine's characters. And um, uh, I feel like they really deliver the big emotional um, points uh, in the movie. And so having that anchor is always nice. I enjoyed uh, having a different type of villain this time around. I don't want to spoil exactly who that is or or what exactly the, the villain is, but I feel like even though we have like a pretty compelling villain, the lack of screen time made this villain feel kind of underdeveloped. And uh, this person gets a small amount of screen time. Um, but the, the, the amount that we do see this person, um, this, uh, the villain feels very menacing. This presence you know, um, uh, definitely makes themselves known. But like I said, there's not a lot of uh, moments that made it feel scary. Um, you know, you could have a very imposing villain, um, in any movie, but you, in the horror genre, I think you also have to amp it up to stay in line with that genre. Not always the case, definitely not the case with this film, but, um, I think with the reputation that this, uh, series has, uh, you would think that it would step it up in in that department as well. I think that the initial uh, mystery was pretty intriguing, and I felt that, uh, you know, um, it could have been genuinely horrifying, but the lack of focus uh, as a whole in building that shroud of uncertainty kind of dampens the setup that it tried to build. And the third act definitely borders on this sort of almost like super powered, almost uh, like um, X Men type of. Uh, a territory in which there's like this psychic battle that you know uh it kind of ensues or it just feels too um superhero-y which is not really a an adjective but you know hopefully that kind of conveys <laughs> like how far uh removed it, it it is from the uh other movies but um after the third act kind of wraps up from its climax it it feels like it kind of just rushes all the way to the end and um a lot of loose ends are neatly tied and there really isn't like anything uh as like a kind of like a teaser uh, of like anything horrific to come or anything beyond that uh as a whole the Conjuring the Devil Baby Do It is definitely going to entertain fans of the franchise. If you love the movies that came before it, uh, maybe you're a fan of any of the spin offs as well. I think this is going to uh, at least scratch the right itch for you. Uh, it's definitely the least scary of all three Conjuring movies, but it's by no means boring. Uh, and I think this is definitely in part like what I had mentioned before with Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson's performances. It is a, a, a huge tonal shift for, uh, from its predecessors and bringing a different director into the forefront uh, definitely delivers different horror sensibilities. Uh, and that noticeable change is what um, kind of like uh, makes or breaks this movie for some people. Maybe, you know, you're not a big fan of like James Wan's directing and maybe this is something that is more up your alley. But I also think it would open up a cool amount of possibilities to bring on other horror directors, maybe outside of the Conjuring franchise to uh, take a stab at these movies. For example, I think it would be cool to see Ari Oster, who directed Hereditary, um, at, in the director's chair and see what he brings. Cause I think he approaches uh, his horror films sort of in the same vein as James Wan uh, in bringing, you know, compelling characters um, uh, alongside Uh, The horror, I think you have to find that right stride and balance, and I think someone like uh, Ari would be uh, super cool to have. Overall, I'm going to give The Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It a 6 out of 10, and currently you can uh, watch this movie on HBO Max or in theaters if you're feeling a little uh, risque. But we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to hear a couple of listener reviews and see what y'all have to say about this movie. All right. See you soon. And we're back. I have a couple of recommendations for you if you're a big fan of *The Conjuring*. *The Devil Made Me Do It*. If you haven't seen it already, go watch the first two *Conjuring* movies. But aside from that, you could also dip into any of the spinoff movies. I personally recommend checking out *Annabelle Comes Home*, uh, which is the third movie in the in that series, and it really doesn't require any knowledge of the previous Annabelle movies and I kind of consider it a little bit like The Conjuring 2.5 since it kind of takes place in between um Conjuring 2 and The Devil Made Me Do It uh Ed and Lorraine are in it so it's a nice little spin-off movie um it focuses mainly on the their daughter and her kind of adventure in that house uh where they keep all the scary objects but if you're looking for horror movies outside of that I mentioned it earlier, but Ari Oster is a great film director. I think, you know, you should start off with Hereditary and then maybe uh, after that go to *Midsummer*. *Midsummer* is mm, definitely more of a disturbing kind of film rather than uh, your sort of conventional horror haunted house flick. Something to check out, but I think Hereditary is uh, definitely up that alley and has a lot of great performances. Um, I think... You know, uh, let's see another A twenty four director. I, I think you should check out is Robert Eggers. He directed um, the Lighthouse most recently with uh, Robert Pattinson, Willem Dafoe. It's a black and white horror film. It's, uh, he Eggers does kind of um, these like kind of unconventional horror films. It's not your um, standard approach um, by any means at all. I think you know uh, if you watch the trailer of the uh, of the lighthouse, it feels kind of a little campy, but um, I think you know he does a lot of great storytelling. And the witch, which is his first movie, and also the first movie of Anya Taylor Joy, whom you might have seen from The Queen's Gambit, uh, she's you know definitely uh killing it in that movie as well. But uh, the only barrier to kind of overcome is the. Uh, uh, diction in which the, which deploys because it uses a lot of this old English, you know, we are the, thine, thou kind of uh, speech patterns, but all of them are good movies. I, uh, I think that anytime you see a 24 as a production uh, company for a horror film, you're definitely going to get kind of a more, um, uh, out of left field type of horror film. But in any case, let's dive into some listener reviews. This first uh, listener review comes from Nadine, and she writes, The movie sounds too scary. I won't even be watching the trailer. Short and sweet. I love it. Uh, And uh, Nadine, I think that's a completely fair point. And when I first got this review from you, I definitely laughed a lot uh it's short and sweet and that and you know i like that you know yourself enough to know that this might not be something you want to watch but still if it's any consolation um like i said this is the least scary film that i've seen in a long while and definitely uh the least scary film by the conjuring standards as well and now our next review comes from eric jason who writes uh probably need a couple more uh rewatches but my initial thoughts is that it was trying to do the most, question mark. It felt disconnected to the essence of uh, the Conjuring movies, in my opinion. Maybe after a second watch, I'd like it, but so far, it's not one of my favorites from the Conjuring universe. Uh, yeah, I, I think it definitely felt like a departure in many ways, uh, both in you know directing style and shifting away from the formula, like I mentioned in my review. Um, but whenever it comes to directing, I think it's kind of ha- really hard to divorce yourself from noticing the visual and pacing choices in any new installment. I really wanted to give, um, Michael, uh, uh Chavez, like, uh, the benefit of the doubt that, you know, like, oh, maybe this would be something, um, new and, and refreshing, but it kind of, you know, feels a little distracting when you compare it to those, uh, previous installments. Um, I think that this tends to stick out a little further if the new director can't match the same visual language um, that the first you know director found success in because you know everyone's gonna say, oh, it's not as good as the first two movies and that and most times people are gonna be referring that you know uh, to the director's style and the way that they employed those um, those uh, or not employed they, the way that they deployed those scares in their films so. I don't know, to each their own, um, but I can definitely see why this wouldn't be a lot of people's favorite in the series. But moving on, our last review comes from none other than Katie, uh, and who writes, I'm a huge horror movie buff, and I love the Conjuring franchise, so I was so excited that the third installment was coming out on HBO. But... I'll have to admit that I was a little disappointed at its lack of scare. The movie wasn't bad at all. However, I had higher expectations of uh, horror for this one considering the first two scared me and takes a lot to scare me when it comes to horror movies. This is Christian, me. This is my side note. Definitely. I think, you know, she watches a lot of scary stuff. And so, you know, for her to say that it's scary, take that with a grain of salt. Um, anyways, Katie writes that I love Ed and Lorraine Warren and the chemistry that they have on screen. Um, and I think, oh, wait, hon. She's, she writes, I love Ed and Lorraine and the chemistry they have. And I think that's what holds the movie together the most. I was entertained, but it felt more of a thriller than anything. Six out of 10 because I wasn't scared at all. I was mostly scared by the end credits. Uh, I, yeah, I agree that the movie is kind of more of a supernatural thriller than a pure horror movie itself. Even if you watch the trailers, you can pick up that tone right away. And I really believe that horror and comedy are two film genres that kind of require its own distinct timing and rhythm. And your film will either live or die if you don't really nail it down. And I feel like The Conjuring 3 lacks that unexpectedness and tension building that the previous main films had. Uh, I'm sort of the opposite where horror movies always tend to affect me a lot, even the most mundane ones. But even this one just kind of felt you know middling for me so didn't really do much by way of actually like sticking with me you know at at the dead of night where you know um the screens are off and I'm just kind of like sitting in bed to myself but you know uh yeah I didn't get that I just was able to sleep like a baby and going to your point about Ed and Lorraine Warren yeah I, I agree I think uh even if the Devil Made Me Do It was kind of the weaker film in the trilogy. Um, I think the the one main strength that they all have is that they establish characters that you really become genuinely invested in. And I think uh, once you have characters that you actually care about their general well-being um, and whether or not they'll survive the ordeal, I feel like you have a more successful horror movie that way. Uh, that's why I, I, I couldn't care less about like slasher films or... Zombie movies where most of the characters just kind of feel like fodder to the uh, greater scheme of things. But um, yeah, I feel like, you know, uh, the best horror movies give you characters that you actually care about and, um, you know, you feel the stakes uh, with them. Um, But yeah, I, I also agree that the scariest part, you know, definitely happens in the credits. Uh, you got to stick around to uh, through it, but that's also kind of a bummer that you have to wait for something that happens at the very end when all the names of the cast and crew is coming up on screen to actually be spooked out by what this movie has to offer. And yeah, that's that's the, this week's episode, y'all. Uh, if you liked this episode, if you also really enjoyed um uh the show in general right now this is our ninth week feel free to always share the show on your social media uh feel free to um you know tell a friend about it or even just tweet about it just put it on instagram just say like hey i I," if you like movie podcasts if you like quick reviews you know on the go um you know shout us out uh feel free to always tag me on any social media platform of your choice Uh, if you do so and also feel free to give me your thoughts on this week's episode or maybe any previous titles that i covered and and you can always find uh, my handles on instagram at chris chan ang or at that's my q podcast and when it comes to twitter you can always tweet at me at the christian ang or at q podcast um i also want to let you know that you can always suggest on what i can review next uh, I am always open to new ideas, so I think that's going to be a, a lot of fun once you know more people start suggesting what I should do. But I also want to let you know that we have a mailbag episode coming up. This is kind of like a bonus episode that I want to release. Essentially, you know, if you have any mini reviews that you didn't get to send for any of the titles that I reviewed in the past, maybe you played Luigi's Mansion 3 after I had just covered it, or maybe you watched The Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It and you didn't get to send in a review on time, you can definitely uh, send me those reviews anytime, you know, after the episode airs. And uh, what I want to do is that I want to read many reviews that I didn't get to get to as well as read any feedback for the show itself or any questions that you might have for me on that episode as well. So please, please, please send that in to me as soon as possible. I definitely want to maybe do this every maybe like 10 episodes so like every 10 weeks. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I don't know. It's a cool concept in my head. So, um, yeah, hopefully you all can come through and uh, let me know what you think. But in any case, I want to thank J1K for the use of their music, Captured Soul, from the School Days B tape, which you can find on J1KMusic.Bandcamp.com. Next week's episode, I'll be covering A Quiet Place Part 2. And our quote for this week comes from the character Arnie Johnson in the film, who says, Being brave doesn't mean you're not scared. It means you are scared, but you hang in there. It's going to be all right. I won't let anything happen to you. I promise. Once again, I've been your host, Christian Ng and... That's my cue. Okay, you can, you can come down now. Mm,
1: that was a pretty good
0: show. Oh, oh, yeah? Yeah, really glad you liked it then.
1: It really made me convinced to watch The Bachelorette. I want to see all the boys kissing.
0: Oh, well, I mean, they definitely do that a lot.
1: Because that leaves them in prime position
0: to devour their souls. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Are are you okay? Because, like, if you have something, then we probably should social distance.
1: Wait, what? What in the home sweet home are you trying to say? Are you trying to stay off COVID?
0: Look, I'm not trying to say anything. I'm just saying you should just read the room. I mean, what else would you have? Tuberculosis. Mm, yeah, I'm gonna say that's not any better.